0: Spare, let down, the choke. These are words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hearing. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No the more fair weather free No series. more.
1: 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up and going. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. From the mesmerized studios in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your host, Robert Taylor and the commissioner, Mark Rich. Well, hello, Atlanta sports fans. I jumped the gun there a little bit because guess what? We're back on the airwaves and not just the radio airwaves. We're on, we're on TV, YouTube. I don't know. What do, you, what do you call it these days? We're not on TV, but we're on YouTube, uh, social media. What do you call it? I don't know.
0: We're just out there.
1: We're just out there. Uh, but it's exciting because we have, uh, we talked about it for months last year and we said we're going to have another camera and some great production and restream. And and we did and we played with it. And, you know, adulting happens. And uh, the fine folks at Mesmerized Media, which you see at the bottom of your screen right now, if you're watching, uh, man, they they had you know, they're moving into a bigger studio and and business was rolling. It's still rolling, I believe. And our, and our friend, Jared Adams is over here in the corner today because we have a command center in here. Now it's an entire corner with a camera and, and he can switch the angles and we've got our roadcaster over there. We got it all. Now we're just kind of still in the lab figuring out what we're going to do as far as graphics are concerned. And, uh, you know, we got to get we broke down some of the stuff and took it home uh, over the break because we weren't sure, you know, what we we're gonna do. But we're gonna get things back going, and we got studio lights, bright lights, big city, and it's good to be back. It feels good to uh, finally get things going. Uh, uh, I never lost faith, but uh, I was just wondering, you know, when when are we gonna be able to get everything fired back up? And lo and behold, we finally lit a fire under our asses, and and here we are. Here back, we are, back in action, and uh, eleven. That's the number for this show 11 days until we report to spring training. I say we like I'm going, but I'm not, I, I said I was, we, we had grand visions of, of taking the Believe Atlanta sports uh, train down to spring training. But as you, if you listened to the last episode, I started a new job and I have zero time to request off. Uh, I, I, I could do some unpaid leave. Maybe I'll look into it, but more importantly, Braves are gearing up for another championship run. But I, and I have an important message right now for everyone watching. I'm going to look right here. I have an important message for all of you in Braves country. Maybe not all of you, but the ones you know, you know who you are. This message is for you. Patience. Everybody's got their panties in a bunch about the shortstop position in Vaughn Grissom. Listen, Ron Washington, who, Hey man, what's the guy's been in uh, baseball since the world was flat Probably fifty years or more, the guy's been in baseball. He lumped Von Grissom in with some pretty impressive shortstop names recently. He was on Twitter, I think, with uh some of the 92-9 guys. I, I don't remember, but I watched or listened to the whole thing. And he says, We're gonna be okay. And Von Grissom has all the tools and the talent and the makings of a major league shortstop, and not just any major league shortstop, a very good one. But the word he said was patience. You got to be patient. This kid is what, 20? He can't even have a beer yet legally. Patience. Let him develop. Let him get some time in under his belt because a lot of you Atlanta fans right now, if if on opening day he doesn't hit three home runs and get 17,000 RBIs and have nine stolen bases, you're going to say he's a washout and we need to get rid of him and trade him immediately because that's what we do in Atlanta. We set unreal expectations for our players and when they don't meet them we just throw them out with the garbage so if ron washington says we're going to be just fine we're going
0: to be just fine i don't think i caught any of those things that you just said because you told me the world was flat
1: well you know i mean uh, some people believe the world is flat i am not a flat earther but but when ron washington started out in baseball the world was flat then it took form it took shape I'm, i'm just saying Ron Washington is who he is. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. And I'm I, I'm not going to listen to the uh, guy taking my money uh, at the QT for the Mountain Dews you bring. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just saying, if
0: if trust in Ron. Oh, and I trust also, in the process. I don't, I don't think Ron's going to bullshit you either. I don't think Ron's going to be out there co-signing Von Grissom if he doesn't think that Von Grissom can handle business exactly and and he believes
1: now that grissom is good enough to you know with the other strengths we have he's like shortstop's not going to be a weakness but he's gonna he's what the word we use a lot is serviceable he's serviceable right now and and again i said this last show if, if you look on social media and compare him and dansby's numbers through the first you know little bit they're pretty close they're pretty close they're not far off so I'm just saying, guys. You know, don't go in there expecting to get, you know, uh, Cal Ripken, you know, or, or, or whoever, Alex Correa, whoever you want to talk about. Don't expect him to come out and win Rookie of the Year and MVP honors and and carry the team. Cautious optimism, we preach it all so the time. That's the only message I got, and it's going to be fun, uh, man. I'm I'm just excited. I'm uh, beyond beyond excited. This is this is my sport. This is my time. The warm weather's coming back. Baseball's coming back. Night's down at the battery. I couldn't be more ready. And uh, I do have to give a shout-out right now because we have a new member of Brace Country. Good friend of mine, uh, CJ Broom, and his lovely wife, Christina, Welcome to baby girl the other night at about 1145. Mackenzie, she's here, and she is already a Brace fan. She's a Dogs fan. I don't think, I don't think they're Falcons folks around the, on, around the Broom household, but I could be wrong long story short we have a we have a new member of the fan base and we're going to raise her up right to not be uh you know the queen of the hot takes or uh, any anything else no but uh you know i guess real quick we could talk about question marks for the Braves uh not a lot really they bolstered their bullpen up pretty good i would say maybe left field and dh is is really you know, you could talk about Mike Soroka. What's he gonna do? Is he gonna is that? Is he gonna be that same dominant guy? But as far as everything we know, he's he's healthy. He's coming into spring training, full head of steam, no limitations. He's ready to go. Uh, the other one is Ian Anderson. You know, he was he was nothing short of spectacular on the World Series run. He gets sent down last year. We've talked about it until we're blue in the face. The third pitch he needs to develop, but he's got the stuff. You know, is he going to bounce back? And and if those two guys bounce back, then we're going to have a question of what do we do with all these arms? Do we make some trades or 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 what? In left field, we got Azuna, Rosario, a couple other knock-around guys. A Jordan Ludlow, who's got a rocket for an arm, and he blows up left-handed pitching, so that's good. But you look around the diamond, and you don't see a lot of holes nope you got albies you got Olsen, you got austin riley you got sean murphy who is you know one of the best catchers and we, and he's inked up you got acuna which now everyone is projecting after the the venezuelan league that he he's same as soroka he's he's healthy he's back and they're predicting him to have a monster year
0: they're would, saying he's be amazing come
1: back and go on a tear michael harris maybe a little question not his defense You know the plate you know pitchers are gonna they've got tape on him now they got film there's there's enough uh you know uh uh, um data there to kind of start making some adjustments to to how they uh, approach him at the plate will he make those adjustments i think he does and you know uh outside of that man it's just going to be fun to see what shakes out you know there's moves could be made during spring training guys are going to get cut You might have a couple of those young guys that, you know, there's always those stands out standouts that make a pretty, have a pretty strong spring and they don't quite make the team. So nothing but good things to, to look forward to. And, uh, hopefully with their bloated payroll and their two, uh, two 40 year old pitchers that are making what like 185 million between them or something stupid like that, a lot of money, hopefully we get to watch the annual metting again, the old, the old met flop. That'll be fun to watch. I don't uh, even want to watch them
0: flop. I just don't want it to be a thing. I just want it to stop yeah. being a thing.
1: I, mean, I you know, The Mets are going to be there. They, they definitely are. Or maybe they won't. You know, baseball is a funny sport. They got a whole lot of money, but they got a whole lot of personality under that roof, too. You know, when you, when you get a lot of high-priced talent under one roof it's about chemistry everybody i don't know why the mets did this you think they would learn from the past or at least from their neighbors across town the yankees you can't just throw money at a problem in baseball you can throw money at it but how many how often does it really work for you very rarely yeah in basketball you can buy yourself a championship would you agree if you want one you can buy one in
0: basketball
1: yeah I mean, you can sign, if you got some money and, 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 you know, trade capital, you can make the moves or you get one superstar. And he calls all his friends and says, Hey, come play for team X. You can, you can assemble some dream teams if you want. Sure. Uh, but I don't think you can buy a title in baseball. I just, one could argue the Marlins did it back in 97. And then they had that fire sale. But I just think these days, I don't think it's possible because, uh, everybody with their, with their own egos and, and whatnot you know if you got a two can have a 300 million dollar payroll with all the stars uh, uh, in the world but if they don't mesh well as a team if they don't have that chemistry if they don't gel you're not going anywhere you're just gonna have a bunch of guys driving bentleys around and, and losing <laughs> yes <laughs> so, happily cashing their
0: checks and yeah <laughs> playing average um, baseball
1: so is I. i don't think the phillies are going to be there they don't have bryce harper for a good chunk of the season I think last year was kind of an anomaly. Well, the Braves were an anomaly. I just think they got hot at the right time, and they went on a they went on a run. But uh, they met the they met the freight train that was the Houston Astros, and I couldn't be any happier that the Philadelphia Phillies did not. Can you imagine the world that we would live in if the Phillies won the World Series and the Eagles won the Super Bowl? We'd have to grease every pole. Man, I would probably move somewhere. I'd move to Finland. I'd get out of the country. I wouldn't want to be here anymore if we had to listen to Philly fans talk that up. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to root for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and I don't even know if I'm going to watch it this year. That's weird. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I, I, you know, I just listened to Troy Aikman and, and, and Reed and, and all those terrible Thursday night games this year. The NFL just put out a poor product. It was bad. It was not the best version of the NFL. And I, I texted
0: you the other night about they should get practice back in the next CBA. Well, you don't, I mean, it, it was tough. The Thursday night games, especially, but the super bowl is setting up to be pretty special, especially if they get Donna Kelsey to do the coin toss. Oh, I'm sure they will. Hey, you know, that's gotta be
1: great. She can't lose. She's, she can't lose. Eagles or are, are chiefs. doesn't matter. Her sons are on each team. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I probably will end up watching it. I guess I'll somebody I know will have a Super Bowl party, or I'll come up to Gustin's over there and like ask. Unless
0: you're unless you're working, like what else do you do on Super Bowl Sunday? Are there there are people that just do other things, and I just don't. I mean, I got a brand understand. new smoker that I've I've cooked one brisket on
1: it, so I could fire up my smoker on a Sunday and throw throw some logs in the fire pit and go to town. I'm
0: just saying, but would you just stand out with your smoker all day while the game was just evaporating behind you? probably
1: maybe i'll go to the park and fly a kite
0: maybe Jeez. i'll learn how
1: to crochet i don't know i'll do something strange, strange no i'm sure that when when is right the, i don't even see i don't even know when it is when is the super bowl february 9th 12th hey i was close i was in the wheelhouse yeah i don't know uh, something will probably come up last minute and i'll go watch it but i i did not see a lot of outside of the falcons i didn't watch a lot of other games i just i would turn them on and i would just be like boring click turned it off I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just was not impressed with the NFL this year. But speaking of the NFL, we got to talk a little Falcons because last time, our our last our our comeback episode, whatever you want to call it, we got we got back in the saddle. Uh, I feel like I, at, looking back at it, I didn't let you talk at all. I feel like I just screamed at the microphone for an hour. You cussed a lot. <clears throat> I did. Boy, I was fired up though, man. I was tired of all these morons trying to uh, cheapen our back-to-back national titles and still trying to sully the first one it's okay i was just so happy to be back dogging on stetson bennett you know like uh the, 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 just just these things that like other people get into you yeah know? I'm, it's because they we, i mean we talked about it they have nothing else but i had a lot of pent-up aggression too you know i didn't have my outlet i didn't have my microphone and you know how i like to bitch about atlanta fans and i like to bitch at them yeah Oh no, that's yeah. so one of the one of the building blocks of this uh
0: this podcast.
1: Yeah, but you know, I don't want to say they're stupid because you can't fix stupid. But I I just I just want to take them to let's start a fan university, a fan school or something. I don't know. Uh just to teach them to be better fans and, and not say ridiculous things. They just uh, you know, Atlanta fans have verbal diarrhea a lot of times, and something comes out of one of their mouths, and you're like, Well, I can't believe you just said that. Well, do you even watch? Do you, do you even fan bro? You know? It'd be amazing to get sarcastic. somebody to
0: pay actual money to get us to change who they are. Yeah. But as fans.
1: Yeah. Um, And I, you know, somebody's probably out there thinking we're terrible fans, but I don't think we're terrible fans. I think, Oh, we're I know some I'm of, not
0: a terrible fan.
1: I think we're some of the best fans. We're educated. We read, uh, you know, we,
0: we, we, we look at it from uh from their angle, you know? I mean, uh, I, I th- I think what it boils down to is you can't you just and as much as you love it you just have to have an an open mind just like with almost everything you just can't you there's not one right answer especially with sports and you you have to let things unfold like there's yes always always choosing the nuclear option is just it's the way people go right now and if if you don't agree with somebody's opinion then you know you you're dumb so i that's just that's where we are in sports and and we keep coming back to that because i think that's that's the problem it's it's like and now the the Falcons fan base is, it feels like it's split down the middle with the people that want to you know play you know prepare and move continue the rebuild and and build for the future so we have a solid foundation, and then you got the other half who think the only way the Falcons are going to succeed is if we trade for Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, I would. I would rather take our time and maybe win a couple of titles. Look at Georgia. You know, everybody wanted Kirby Smart to come in and immediately win, but what it take him? Six seasons, man.
0: But it's so sweet. It took him a few years. It's so sweet because now, now every year following you, uh, and we all we I seem to keep coming back to this one, but it's that Alabama feel where every year you're like, "Oh yeah, we we're going to be in the mix."
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Georgia's going to be there for a long time, a long time. the 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 table is set, and uh, we talked about that last last episode. We talk about it a lot. The table is set for Georgia to be a dynasty for a long time. But let's let's get into the Falcons. I know you got I got a lot of stuff. I know the draft is coming up in April. I'm going to ask you who you want we'll go first and second round. I'm going to ask you who you want. And we're going to talk about, I don't know. I mean, just give me go off about Lamar Jackson for a minute. Uh, I know we didn't, we touched on it uh, last episode. You know how I feel. I'm like, Hey, four games, isn't enough. We got to give Ritter a fair shake. We don't mortgage the future because we can't win with Lamar Jackson right now. I don't think we could win with Lamar Jackson and the 56 million that we have to spend.
0: Well, I just don't, for me, I don't, I don't see what he could do on this Falcons team that he couldn't do on that Ravens team with an established defense. And some people will say, oh, well, you know, everybody thinks the Ravens just have a good defense because they had a good defense for so long. The the Ravens have a consistently great defense. They consistently draft well. Ozzie Newsom knows what he's doing. It, It just always is what it is. and. If Lamar couldn't put it together there, what makes you think coming to Atlanta, where you're pretty depleted at a lot of positions, and you're, I mean, you have Drake London and you have Pitts, you have young weapons that are going to continue to get better, hopefully. Um, you have an emerging running back in Tyler Algier, um, and you have a little bit of money to spend but if you go and get Lamar right now because you you have to trade for him this isn't just a a random random quarterback floating around on the trash heap that you're like oh i think i think we'll take you for next season yeah, he's not a free agent you have to they're going to at very at the very least franchise tag him yeah at the very least that's what they're going to have to do and then you're going to have to trade for him and i believe the last time i looked in the last time I cared enough to look to see what they were talking about, Lamar Jackson, the trade involved three first round draft picks and Kyle Pitts. That and you, was and, and, and you know I what stopped. that does. And you know what would
1: that would do? Mortgages your future. Yes. And we watched the Ravens win a Super Bowl and we have Lamar Jackson who and we have nothing. Sure. That's what would happen. If the, you gave the
0: Baltimore Ravens three first round picks and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Imagine I imagine then whoever gets to be a quarterback. Now you just, now you have Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts out there. Yeah, see, but it's just, do I hate the idea of Lamar Jackson being on the Falcons? No, it's a common misconception because I don't want to mortgage our future for him that I don't think he's a good player. Not at all. I think Lamar Jackson's awesome. In a perfect world, I'd love for him to be our quarterback. It's not a perfect world. We are still, we just are peeking our heads up out of this rebuild, the rebuild toilet. Right. Like literally, we <laughs> we are we are the turtle head poking back out. Yeah. It is it, but so it's so crazy to me just to listen to all these people, like so many people that just think this is the only way. I one guy literally just kept talking about well, if we get Lamar, then all these all these veterans players will come for a discount, veteran minimum discount. For us just to play with Lamar so they can win. He ain't that good. I, but I'm like, okay, like it maybe a few people signed in Baltimore, but but that's also like a traditionally good defense. So you got defensive players that would love to go play defense for the Ravens. They would love to do that. And then you got some offensive players that sure if Lamar Jackson's a great guy, but he's not like a he's not a chuck the ball all over the field kind of guy. Yeah. That's not what it is.
1: Well, it would be different too if the Falcons were this prepackaged item on the shelf. And and we had the O-line and the defense and we had all the pieces in place. And it was like, you know, Hey, Atlanta Falcons, Super Bowl champions, just
0: add Lamar Jackson. Right. But we're not there. There's so many other holes we need to fill. We can go all the way back to the beginning of last season. I am on record saying that I really hope that we start Ritter game one and find out what we have in him. And you know what? If we find out we don't have anything and lose all those games. Great. We'll be in a good position to pick his replacement. Now
1: we do have to say some things that could happen. It was mentioned. It's been mentioned before. It was mentioned last season and and it could happen. I'm not saying it will, but Aaron Rodgers to the Falcons. It's hell. No, I'm just saying it's been whispered. I don't want him here, but it's been whispered.
0: No, I, I'm Derek
1: Carr to the Falcons. I don't want him here, but it's been whispered. Do, do I think the Falcons and Arthur Blank and, and Terry and Arthur would would welcome Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't think so. But stranger things have happened.
0: I think of all those hypotheticals that are being thrown around right now, the only one that makes very minimum sense to me is Ryan Tannehill because of the the obvious knowledge of Arthur Smith's playbook and how to run his offense. But whoever you bring in, you have to, you can't spend a lot of money on them and they have to come in as a backup just in case something goes wrong with Ritter. And I mean, epically bad because you need to give this kid some real time to find out what you have in him. You need to make sure that a hundred percent healthy Kyle Pitts is out there. You need to let whatever we do, this offseason, which, by the way, I am super excited about having a little bit of money to spend and some people who have been just like very, very good at finding some pieces with very little. Um, I, I can't wait to see what they use the money for. Um, also, the the draft. You asked me first and second round of the draft. Second round, I don't know. It's It's essentially predicated on who falls in the first, right? So if they're going to go by best player available which i i sincerely hope that they're still doing um you have to imagine if you stay put at the 8th pick um three the three quarterbacks Levis, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are all going to be gone probably would you say top
1: top at least top 20 picks they'll all be gone by the 20th pick of the first round the three Maybe of them t- will be gone by the 8th pick Okay, you think they're all three going to go in the top ten? They, I don't. I don't know. I, I sincerely believe that they will, okay. and
0: whether that means people trade or move up or something like that, I think I don't even think it. I, I honestly hope. I hope so much that they're all gone by the eighth pick, because I don't want to draft another quarterback. Because I, there's so much more we need. Um, but you, you got to imagine, Carter and Anderson are going to be gone. And then you have four or five different players. Uh you got the Penn State um offensive tackle, Skaronsky, I believe his name is. Um, I'm also super huge on Paris Johnson, tackle from Ohio State. Um uh Tyree Wilson and Miles Murphy. Those are the two that the Falcons should probably be paying the most attention to because those are your probably your two best edge rushers in the draft. And in all I, I, when I first heard miles Murphy's name, I had to go back and watch a little bit on him because I didn't watch any Clemson football, but all that popped in my head was, Oh cool. Vic Beasley. Yeah. We hadn't had a lot of luck with Clemson defensive <laughs> well, players. Well, We have in Grady, but yeah, like, but in we've AJ had a- Terrell, but we have not. What well, we The problem is we went and took the guy that Grady Jarrett made look better. So, I mean, you look at the same thing right now. Brian Brisey, defensive tackle for Clemson, is projected to go top 10. And then you also have Miles Murphy. All inclinations say that Miles Murphy is the real deal, though. It's not just uh, he's not going to just come in and show out at the combine and everybody's going to drool over it. Like he's already projected to be who he is. Ahead of all this. So ideally I'd like one of those two guys. I also really like Joey Porter jr. Cornerback. Um, So we all all know about his old man. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Solid as they come. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. I really, really, really would love to see us. Try to prioritize edge rush. I, I want that more than anything i want we
1: we have not it, it and i would even go as far as to say it's not even about what you want no 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 but we i mean need it but i'm so saying so bad
0: so if those two guys somehow if if you if if wilson's gone if uh murphy goes and and anderson's gone prior to your pick then you have some thinking to do and i think maybe you don't feel like you feel like Joey Porter Jr. is going to be the guy you want to get the best corner in the draft uh, and then sw- swing back around and grab your edge rusher in the second round or something. I-, I know that's what they're prioritizing. I'm saying I'd love to nail it in the first round. I'd love to get somebody that is just a no-brainer, um, but it's always going to be a guessing game for us when it, when it comes to that because w- – we just are consistently right past the line where you think you have a, you have a beat on everybody up to the seventh pick. And then the eighth pick is like, all right, like it's a crap shoot now.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and it literally leaves you. I mean, you could go offensive line and be warranted. You could go edge rush. You could be warranted. You'd go cornerback. But if they're truly, they're truly going best player available. I think they have to say that they're going best player available minus the quarterback position i think that should be what they're doing um I, I again they're pretty tight-lipped about that stuff too and from what you read and what you see you don't you don't think as of right now that that's what they're thinking to go quarterback so i'm just really all the mocks all the mocks leave us with uh, edge rusher or a cornerback in in one way shape or form but
1: Having somebody to set the edge is one of the biggest keys to unlock the door for the Falcons to get back into the playoffs and compete for a championship. Now, here's the reason why I don't work for the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm not in charge of this, because if somehow, by some miracle, Will Levis was at eight, I'd love that guy. I'm telling you, I watched Kentucky football this year, and he was hurt, and he was still fucking good. I just I just think he has the makeup. I think he has the mental toughness, the mental acuity, the arm strength, everything. I think I think he's going to be the next elite premier quarterback. You know, up there with Mahomes and and You get a
0: Josh Allen vibe from him.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be very good in the NFL. I just think he's built for it. I just think I, he's going to be successful and I and I just see him in a, in a
0: Falcons uniform. But I, That's awesome. Uh, Seriously, I I wish I had somebody that, you know, because it's it's feasible that Levis makes it depending on it. Literally, it depends on on what happens. Are the are the bears really looking to trade back and they're going to stick with Justin Fields? That's what that's what they're saying. But like, we don't know that. We don't know that for certain yet. Uh, I mean, I, my I, worst nightmare is Fields gets traded to the Falcons. Like I, I don't want him here either. Um, yeah, but again, I, I, you would you would have to pay a lot for that trade too, a lot. Yeah,
1: you would, and and I don't think it's gonna happen. But the only thing that I don't want the Falcons to take a quarterback is what would that do to Desmond Ritter? I get it. We we it was a third round. It was hey, you know, we'll take this guy, we'll coach him up. If he works out great, if not, we didn't lose too much, you know, we didn't give up too much. You know, what but for a guy that that started the last four games and Arthur Smith likes and coming into the new season and they draft another one, you got to wonder would you maybe lose him a little bit or is he that type of a competitor to go, okay. All
0: right, Atlanta. It's the things that they said about him all last year. Arthur Smith, he's mentally he's ahead of the curve. Mentally he's picking up things way faster than I'm accustomed to a young man doing like the, the things that he was saying, he didn't say, I I can't wait to get him out there. He's got, he's got this. He's just said like what he saw was that the kid is smart. He picked up the playbook. He understands what's going on. He needs NFL game experience.
1: Yeah. What I would like to see happen is maybe Tannehill does come here and he understands that Ryan, you're 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 holding the clipboard. I'm gonna
0: pay you millions of dollars to help make this kid amazing.
1: Yeah, that and you know Aaron Rodgers wouldn't do that. Aaron, uh, if, if, yeah. if, and I know,
0: and I know, I don't You'd get him hooked on peyote.
1: Yeah, right. And ayahuasca. I would be stunned, like floored, if I woke up to news of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Falcons if they made that happen, man. But if you he would comes see me here, on the news, bro. Because I know he, you know, Jordan Love has said in Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers has done quite well coaching and, and being a leader and supportive of him and all that over eight but, years, sure. Yeah. but if Aaron Rodgers comes to Atlanta, he ain't coming to hold a clipboard and coach up Desmond Ritter. He's coming to play, right? So that's why I, I yeah, just for I, the strip club. I want to go find some. Yeah, there's not very many left here though. To, if you think about it, like a lot of the good ones are gone. Well, that just means all the talent gets flooded to the other ones. Maybe. I haven't been to a strip club in a while. Maybe we'll go to one this year. Maybe we'll go uh, after. If we go before the
0: Falcons game, we're going to see the C team. We got to go at night when the, when I'm saying, (laughs) but now, you know, since there's so many less, the B teams, somebody else's A team.
1: Yeah. Um, but so I would like the Falcons to go find, you know, a Tannehill or some other pretty solid journeyman, uh, quarterback to say, Hey, you know, we're going to give you a few bucks, but, You know that guy that's probably going to be an OC
0: later or a QB coach. He's got that coach's mentality. I I don't. I. I feel like we're going to talk it into existence because Tanny Hill makes the most sense. Unless, like, I don't. I can't think of anywhere else in the league where he's going to go to start. Yeah, literally nowhere. But you have. I feel like the Falcons' job, where you're comfortable with the head coach and the offensive scheme. And if the young guy blows it, you're right there to take his spot. Like yeah. it's, there couldn't be a, like a better scenario for that guy. Yeah. I, not that I know of, unless he stays, stays put like that's, that's literally Good. it. I'm still, let's talk
1: Fitz magic out of retirement. It may not go well, but it sure would be fun. He's a funny guy, man. He's a, he's a character.
0: Like just use but, him, use <clears throat> him to do analytics. He's really smart.
1: Yeah, so the one thing we didn't, we obviously didn't talk about last show, and, and we need to get into today is our DC. We have a new one. His name is Ryan Nielsen. He uh, played at USC. Started on the D line. He he left. He turned down the LSU job last in twenty twenty one. Said no thanks. Did he? Uh, yeah. He spent some time with Ed he, Orgeron at Old Miss. Uh, he didn't.
0: He didn't turn that job down
1: he did he he declined the lsu defensive coordinator job in 2021 he he was offered it and he said I, i'm good that thanks. wasn't the peyton Kabosh. no uh no he he was offered the job in 2021 and he declined it uh oh. he was promoted to assistant head coach by the saints that year um so i i i admittedly don't know a lot about him but I'm sure Terry Fontenot has some dealings with
0: him in his times with the saints. And I listened to Chuck Smith talk about this guy. And I also listened to, um, Bobby a talk about this guy. And it, it seems to be that we got us a good one. And I, I guess the over the last four years or so, the uh, the Steelers and the Saints lead the league in sacks. Yeah, and it's it's partly from when this guy showed up. So if the D line is your specialty, and you help create that uh, that pass rush, which uh, they did say was, you know. Part and parcel with the the DB play causes a lot of their pressure, but I, I'm I'm excited about him. Terry Fontenot knows the guy. Terry Fontenot knows him well enough to know that he's not a spy from the Saints first, <laughs> um, and to know he's what he's what we need. He's younger. I, I'm I'm thoroughly excited. I don't know enough about him. I just know the Saints' defense has been pretty awesome here in, in well recent years. I, I mean they don't just hire anybody to be defensive coordinators in the nfl right no but i'm just saying yeah. like he that like he, he was kept around for a reason he kept getting promotions so he wouldn't leave to take other jobs um and and now he's coming to take ours. that must mean that there's a good relationship between he and terry Fontenot. Yeah, else. well,
1: you know, he could be one of those up-and-coming guys, which is all I all and, I want. And all you Atlanta fans were mad out there because we didn't go get the most well-known, household-name defensive coordinator, or or who you know, everybody wanted Vic Fangio. <clears throat> yeah, and they, Brian Flores was another name that got thrown out there. All the, all the all the big names, the hot names, the sexy picks. Uh, you know, the Falcons went against the grain, hired a guy that's it's coming up through the ranks. He's a younger guy, and we stole him from the Saints. Yeah, so as long as there's not a corn dog vendor in the, in the Mercedes Benz next year, I'll be fine. Yeah, no,
0: just hot dogs. No I sticks. just hope
1: he runs through a car wash and washes off the stink of corn dog. <laughs> I from, think they're going to working catch him. in the Saints. Facility. They'll catch him at
0: the at the state line.
1: Maybe, maybe just bring. Let's bring some cologne to the games if we see him. A little, little quick spray. It just. just made. They made sure they called TSA mm-hmm. and got him de loused before he got yeah. here. They got the corn dog smell off, but yeah, I, I I'm fine with it. I, I did a little reading on him, and, and you know, but again, I'm we are one of those fans that go, "Hey, they're paid very well to do their job. They they work for the Falcons. Uh, Terry knows the GM. Arthur's, you know, we gotta trust them. And again, patience. They're they're probably already he's already working now.
0: Well, you I, know, I have and, my optimistic nature, my cautiously optimistic nature. I get excited about this because what's happening now is you just went through a season with Dean Pease as your defensive coordinator and you just had a patchwork quilt of human beings that, that played better than anybody expected them to. And, and now you get a guy to come in and replace Dean Pease that is up and coming. probably got a little more youthful feel to him he's gonna I, I hopefully he's gonna be able to the players will respond to him well but we're also going to be able to add stuff he's gonna have room to get what he needs uh I it's exciting like I I'm I'm just very excited because there it's just endless possibilities right now and well we won't obviously we, we will never know until it happens but it's right now it's it seems like a good fit and can't wait to see what he does. I
1: was never a fan of bringing Pease here. I knew his pedigree. I knew he was good, but the guy's retired once already. I just was wondering, you know, how, how much competitive fire and want does a 70 something year old man who's already retired once? It's a favor. Dean, yeah.
0: Dean Pease comes in to give you some name recognition, and he does it as a stopgap. He is your defensive coordinator until you get your money back. Yeah, I he, feel like there is a there is a favor, there was a handshake. That, Thank you so much for for giving some notoriety, using yeah. your name to be what it is, and, and and now now please go back and enjoy your retirement.
1: Yeah, he just padded his retirement fund. Sure, I'm not saying he didn't try, but you know what I mean. Like if you've already retired once and you
0: come back out, like how much motivation do you have? And that's fair, but you know, I, uh, I mean you can't. I don't, I can't complain about what he did while he was here. He, he did, he did what he was supposed to do. And now he's got us, he got us through to the point where we could go out and get whoever we wanted. No problems there. Not have to worry about firing a coach or, or anything for lack of performance. And now we get to go get the guy who can now come into a situation where he's comfortable because nobody wanted to come into that shit show. Nobody yeah, wanted to come in and coach that
1: defense. I get it. I, and again, I don't know Dean Pease. I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He he has an incredible resume in the NFL. I, I just feel like we may have lost a little time hiring a guy that was like, "Hey, you want to come out of retirement and coach?" Yeah, okay, I'll do you a favor, Arthur. Yeah, sure, I'll come on. You know what I mean? I, I think we could. Maybe we couldn't. I don't know. But it's kind of you know, it's kind of like Tom. Tom retired and said, well, i'm gonna come back one more year and tom brady stunk this year and now he retired again so i guess i'm you know it's it kind of apples and oranges <laughs> check but, on
0: dean pease's marriage you know i i
1: just when it comes to like when i'm retired I, I mean i i don't i'm not gonna go back to
0: work why would i you'll get bored though like that's what happens i guess but i, it, I, I feel like i feel like when it comes to professional sports too it's it's a little different like you work your career to get to a point where you don't have to work. Most, most people, the vast majority of people don't have the luxury of doing something they absolutely love.
1: Yeah. You know uh, what I mean,
0: Everybody usually just grinds
1: it out with the 401k and then they wake up and they're 70 and they're done working. And then they die when they're, you know,
0: that is the saddest thing you've said on this entire yeah, podcast. I,
1: I just, you know, I, I just never, I didn't see Dean P staying long. I didn't see him
0: Doing anything great with the Falcons, because let's face it, he's an old man. Well, oh, yeah, but that—that's what I'm saying. That—that's the whole point for me. That's I think that that was the whole plan. Was nobody, nobody's gonna want to do this if you could just do me this solid and come give me two years until our money's good and we can be an attractive place for a defensive coordinator to want to come. And I'm man, I'm thoroughly excited to see what happens with AJ Terrell and what happens with Grady Jarrett. With the new defensive coordinator, I think that's gonna be helpful because I could man, you could just taste the frustration coming off of Grady at the end of last year. Well, it was he, he, tough. He's tired of losing. Yeah, no, no, I know, but I'm just saying, hopefully, like hopefully this does something as far as okay, I see, I see we're trying, we're moving forward.
1: Yeah. Well, they got fifty six million to spend. You better believe they're gonna spend a good chunk of that on defense. But Dorian you know, Hane. I've been rewatching, I've been rewatching uh the show Narcos lately. To- oh. There's two different versions. I hope they don't
0: spend it on cocaine.
1: Yeah, no, that would be bad. But in in the show that there's a guy and there's different guys in both shows. But at the time when they were at their height, the Mexican and the Colombian drug cartels were some of the most powerful people in the entire world. And the agents were just they were they they would just get so frustrated. I'm tired of losing they, you know, and that's the, that's what Grady Jarrett and the Falcon, they're tired of losing. Yep. They're absolutely fed up with it because and it's in some ways the Falcons have underachieved, but, um, in, in other ways, they just haven't had the right pieces because of the salary cap debacle that Dimitrov put us in. But I, I, th- I think coming into this season, if we can find a strong, you know, uh, veteran backup, to put in place to work with Ritter and polish him up some more and bring him along and spend some money on the defense. I really think we could see a Falcons team that those, you know, the LA game against the Rams and, and some of these, you know, the, the saints game and these other games that we were, we were there tooth and nail and we fought hard swing the other way. And and we see a 10 or 11 win Falcons team next year. We thought we were going to get it this year, but injuries and, and just, what you know what not didn't
0: make it happen. So this'll this'll be this'll just be like a year two of what I thought was gonna happen last year. But now you now you know, barring any crazy misguided attempts to find a starting quarterback, you know you have Desmond Ritter starting at quarterback this year. So yeah, what you do in the offseason is to improve the overall team. Right. You're assuming you're gonna do something on the offensive line, whether it's through the draft or free agency. You're going to do something on the defensive line, whether it's draft or free agency. And then you're going to plug holes and bring in veteran leadership on this pretty young team. Yeah. And, and like we said before, those, those seven games that you lost by, you know, a score or less, 10 points or less, like if you flip half of those, you could easily win the NFC South dude i'm gonna go
1: ahead and say it now I, I think with with the panthers and their struggles and the saints and tampa bay with their struggles and i think tampa bay is going to be even worse next year
0: i don't think the panthers are going to be good i, I would, think the panthers are going to be the the one team that we're going to have to like somewhat worry about
1: okay well, I, I
0: more so than the other two like it, but it
1: again <laughs> as the season gets closer we'll have that debate but i'm going to go ahead and throw it out there and say the south is if the Falcons make the right moves in the draft and with the money they have to spend,
0: it's theirs to lose. Sure. Sure. It, so. it is totally Tom gone. It's totally up in the air. Yeah. And cause not to mention they keep mocking, uh, and, and who knows what's going to happen. Is there just people's guesses, but they keep mocking Anthony Richardson from Florida to the Panthers. But everybody also says that that's a project that's a, a year or two, but so there's a, I mean, there's not an established under 30 quarterback.
1: I've seen Falcons fans saying they want Anthony Richardson here. And
0: I I don't know why, but whatever. We're not
1: talking about that. He's cause...
0: fast. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, honestly, he's got all the tools. He's he, I, I, somebody said it perfect. They said Anthony Richardson was a guy that in from play to play could go from being the best player to the worst player on the field. Exactly. On Any given play. And that's, that's difficult and then then to to try to get your feet underneath you in the nfl uh, man it's gonna be it's gonna be tough but either way he could turn out to be absolutely amazing you never go ahead and
1: say he's not going to and just leave it at that if i had
0: to put money on it i would guess no but I'm going to go ahead and say that C.J. Stroud is not
1: going to be an overly successful NFL quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and say that Bryce Young is not going to be an overly successful quarterback. I am not, I'm, I'm not sold on a lot of these guys. It's Will Levis' time. I'm just saying, I mean, I just think the level of quarterback play has declined over the years in, in the NFL and college. I don't think we're seeing as many top-flight guys come out and perform.
0: I honestly the NFL used to be littered with just amazing quarterbacks. Well, yeah, I don't. Well, it, the, the whole, the games, the games completely change in that respect. But I honestly think, so the Bryce Young is a very good quarterback and he had that. He, he's got the thing that every other Alabama quarterback has coming out is that they played football at Alabama and you have all the best toys around you. So, I personally have seen Bryce Young do amazing things on the football field and I've also seen Bryce Young get hit in the mouth a couple times and get completely rattled. Yeah. So that that's not going to uh, to me that's not going to say that he is going to have a horrible career in the NFL. I think he's probably going to be good. I think Bryce Young what's to Bryce Young could be easily better than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's getting a lot of money. Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray's worst enemy. Sure, sure. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't, I don't see Bryce Young being, I don't, I don't think he's worse.
1: No, I, I just don't, I just don't in in watching just hearing them talk, and I, I just don't see them having that NFL pedigree. I don't, I'm not saying he's gonna be gone in two seasons. I just don't see him they're saying he's going to be, you know, a potential hall of famer and he's going to win a lot of games. And I don't see it. I don't see it in CJ Stroud. I just don't see it. And the only thing I have to base it on is I've been watching professional football for since I was a kid, I'm almost 45 years old. So I, have seen a lot, seen a lot of college football, seen a lot
0: of pro football. I just don't see it. I don't get that feeling well, here's yeah. the here's the other thing, is that it's gonna really also depend on where the, the situation they're thrust into. Because nowadays, uh, wherever you go, you're gonna start right away. And yeah. if it's if it's a bad enough situation for them to be up that high for you to pick you, chances are it's not a perfectly good situation for you to start learning how to play professional quarterback. Yep,
1: yeah, and I still think because all he's ever done is win all he's ever done is prove his doubters wrong all he's ever done is prove his haters wrong all he's ever done is prove everyone wrong still not convinced that given the right situation he already has the drive the motivation the ambition all of that and, and the chip on his shoulder to prove everybody wrong i'm still not convinced that stetson bennett cannot go to the nfl and start and be good
0: and win Man, it's, it's there for, it's there for a lot of them, but I, I mean, we, that isn't 100% just a homer take because there's validity to a lot of that. I, but I also think that what I saw of CJ Stroud against Georgia was pretty awesome. I think in the right situation, best game of his entire college career, one would say sure. Could say people did say it. Yeah, I, w- almost without a doubt, that was, it was, it was great. It was like gut wrenching, but it was an amazing game to watch. But I, man, I, I, right situation. I think that, I think that plays a big part now because in, in who knows, maybe, maybe Ritter's, maybe Ritter's better than everybody thinks he was going to be because he, he came in the last four games because he had a whole season to learn. Well, like we won't, we won't know till we see it next year or this coming season, but it's, yeah. oh, man, I think it's all about the situation. He's literally, he came in for the last four games with a, to a Falcon's team and no Kyle Pitts. Yeah. yeah but I think it's always been that way in
1: the NFL. Cause we've said if Tom Brady doesn't go to the Patriots, he's probably not Tom Brady. hundred percent. So, but I think Bennett wants it more too. You gotta really want it. And, 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 I'm not, who knows, you know, who really knows, but I think his, his makeup, just overall his character, his makeup, I think he can be successful in the NFL. And there's a lot of distractions when you get to that level. How do you handle the distractions? How do you handle the money? How do you handle the fame? How do you handle all of that? I'm not convinced some of those guys are equipped to handle it very well. And how many quarterbacks could you say that came into the league that because they didn't go to the right team or get in the right position? Chish- Do you think Eli Manning's Eli Manning if he stays in San Diego? You know? Who knows? Exactly. So, I, you know, I, I just think, yeah, ah, man, I just, I, I don't know. I don't see it. and And we'll see. Everybody can point and laugh when we go live. Everyone can call in and tell me how stupid I am for not believing that Bryce Young was... Hey man, I said it with Johnny Manziel. I said it with Baker Mayfield. I'm saying it with Justin Fields. I've said it over the years with some, several other quarterbacks. I was like, I don't think they're going to be that great, and I've been right more than I've been wrong. I'm not. I'm not a quarterback guru. I'm you know any of that. I'm just saying. I, I watch. I pay attention. I read. I've been. I've been right more than I've been wrong, and that's that's we'll just let that rest right there. You guys swallow that pill and let it simmer whatever you want to do and then we'll come back to it later but uh and i don't even draft it's sometime in april i don't keep up with that stuff anymore it's sometime in april it's coming i'll let you know is it in atlanta this year i know they're moving it around uh used to always be at radio city music hall but i think last year it was in chicago but Uh, so drafts coming up it's just because we're in that dead period right now uh, we don't watch hockey because we don't have a team, but we've heard rumors that Atlanta may w- yet have an, a third NHL franchise. Uh, I am watching a little Hawks basketball, which uh, you know that's what we're going to transition into now because uh, I think we're we're getting pretty close to about an hour here, and, and uh, we're going to wrap it up and get home before uh, Jared's family comes up here and lights a match. He said I'll be home tonight, so we can't keep him here all night. He's running the running the show for us. And Hawks basketball, wow! You know, Mark, you posted something the other night that was pretty impressive. It's like they've scored six thousand and forty-seven points, but they've also given up six thousand and forty-seven points, and they're they're nine and nine against uh, you know the West or what? It was just crazy. Dead it was,
0: middle. Yeah, we got a game tonight. <clears throat> Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll pop up on the above five hundred.
1: And and our good friend uh, Mr. Bo Johnson, who works in the Atlanta sports scene, kind of posted a thing about the Hawks and was it time to shake it up? And I I think maybe a little, but I was a little disturbed by the one guy that was like, "Why hasn't John Collins gotten better?
0: Where's his production? Why hasn't he improved?" I'm like, "Do you even watch Hawks basketball?" I know what he's saying though. I I do. I did see that guy's comment, and I was like, "Man, so eh, man, I there's so much. There's so much going on right now." Well, let's get down to brass tacks. A number
1: one, top of the heap. Trey did get snubbed. Uh, everybody, I'm. we won't even go into that. Trey Young is good. Trey Young is an all-star. He's one of the best bright young players in the entire league, period. He's a, a an assist record-breaking machine, all of that. But the biggest problem right now, I think you would, might agree with me, and if you don't, that's okay, because people can disagree and still be friends. Newsflash. But I think the most glaring problem and this is, you know, watching Brian Windhorst on ESPN and all the other hoops, guys, is that Tony Wrestler right now is giving his 27-year-old son this shiny toy and allowing him to play NBA manager, and everyone around the world has said, this kid is so grossly underqualified to be doing what he's doing, and that's an issue. That's a
0: problem. If... If it really comes out that he was part of the reason we traded Kevin Herter. I've already seen things alluding to that. Because he went to they went to high school or went to school or some connection with one of the holiday brothers. Like I had to stop reading yeah. because I could not allow I could not know that I'm, is, is true. I'm
1: not mad about it, but it's also been whispered that he had something to do with the Luca Trey thing. It's also been whispered that he's the reason Travis Slink said, "I'm getting out of here. Enough. I'll, I'll go be, I'll go to another part of the building. I'm gonna go be the president. You fuckers, do whatever you want. I'm out." Yeah. It, it has been well documented that Tony Wrestler is allowing his son to make decisions within this organization that, at 27 years old, he is clearly unqualified to make, and his influence in and around that organization is is oh, he's he, they're stepping over a line and they're pissing some people off within the organization. That's the you know the the but he's re- definitely the cool dad. Yeah. You know, that's what I've heard and it's I've read several articles about it. Like that's what's and it's kind of like uh, officially unofficial that that's what happened it's what's happening. You know, it's 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 being rumored, it's being whispered, but there's
0: there's tons of media
1: out there. Well, no, and I and
0: I've and I've, heard, I've heard all about that and that like man. Like
1: the other thing I think too uh, um and nothing against coach Nate, but I I'm not I got in- plenty against him. Well, I, I think he's older and set in his ways. I, I think we need a younger
0: uh, uh, coach who thinks outside the box. We we're up by forty-one points in the fourth quarter. Tell me why AJ Griffin and uh, Jalen Johnson didn't get more more minutes? Yeah, because there is no good reason. There's no good reason. You got starters out there. You're up forty-one points. <laughs> yeah, are you? Yeah, something yeah. wrong with you. There's something something absolutely wrong. Like it goes against like common sense and logic, a lot of the stuff that he does. Like it like painfully so. And to watch him standing on the sidelines with his arm arms crossed and slouched and just not saying anything. Kind of like Mark Rick at the end of his Georgia tenure. Oh God. (laughs) Well,
1: that's the thing. I was never on board with him getting hired in the first place because he very much said he was unsure or didn't know if he wanted the job. Like, if I'm sitting here interviewing you, and you're like, I, I mean, I could work for you, Robert. I mean, yeah, I, I will if I have. I mean, if you really want me for if the If you job, don't have
0: anybody else.
1: If there's nobody, if, you know, if I'm your guy, I mean, okay, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm- it, he never He never was like, yeah, absolutely, been waiting for it. Would love to get my hands around this program
0: and and build them into a winning ch-. No, he didn't say any of that. Somebody somebody out there find out what Kenny Atkinson's favorite candy is so I can send him that every day until he comes back to Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, I don't, and again, I don't, again, because I'm not a huge fan of what the NBA has become any longer. I'll watch the Hawks because I've always watched the Hawks. From the time I was a little kid, uh, man, my good friend, uh, his dad, always had the Hawks on, man, always. You go to his house during basketball season and it was Hawks time. So I've watched a lot of Hawks basketball. I love them. Going to the games is is decidedly much more fun than watching it on TV. But I still tune into the Hawks. But I'm not around the league like I used to be watching, you know, all the other teams. And because I just think uh, the NBA has some serious issues they need to fix. I think their athletes are lazy. I think they're entitled. Not all of them, but a good portion of them. And I, I don't like I don't like the I don't like how the NBA is right now. I think it's a very soft league and i I think they got some work to do but i I don't think i'm alone but i don't think anybody really cares enough to fix it because they're making money hand over fist right now the nba is more profitable than it's ever been and there are guys sitting on the you know five six seats down the bench that are making hundreds of millions of dollars and they don't get a lot of minutes i don't think anybody really cares they just look at the balance sheet and go yeah we're fine money's rolling in we're good we don't need to you know so But again, I'm just one of those old grouches too. It was not like it was when, you know, when when I was a kid. And it's not, and it's never going to be,
0: it's never going to come back to be what it once was. But as far as the Hawks go, like, man, it's there again. Devin Booker wasn't playing for the Suns, but we still were, we went into the fourth quarter with a 41 point lead. Like we, we beat the dog shit out of them. Well, the Hawks are very much this year
1: hot and cold.
0: Right, but so man, they're so They're either really good or they're, they're really they're not. There's so good. much. The, the 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 thing that they talked about that Nate actually talked about at the end of the game was how there was ball movement and we found the open man and we knocked down our shots. Well, Jesus, if that isn't just the recipe for success in basketball, I don't know yeah. what is. I the games i get to go to that i spend money to go watch i literally get to watch one person bring the ball down the court pass the ball one time and that person just decide it's me or it, it's just me it's just me versus everybody one pass and then a in isolation play like it it's it's so painful and then and i feel like some days they're just like all right nate we're just going to we're just going to go play basketball today so like you can just stay over there with yep. your arms crossed we're going to go win a game real quick despite you yeah and, i don't see him being here next season I, man and i truly hope it's him like at this juncture i need nate to be the problem cuz if it's not him then oh that's a, another can of worms man it it's got i hope it's got to be for my sanity it's got to be nate i i think it's a
1: big combination of nate mcmillan and front office shenanigans i really do and from sure- what i've read and what i've seen the talent's on the floor, dude. You 100%. know it just as well as I do. So someone somewhere is not, and it falls on the head coach and his staff. They're not utilizing the Hawks, and they're not playing to everyone's strengths right now. And I think when there's when there's you know things going on uh, that may or may not be going on in the front office, when there's unrest there, and then when there's maybe some unrest with the coaching staff and Trey and 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 Nate's relationship doesn't seem to be you know all peaches and cream that creates friction and where there's friction there's a little drama when there's drama there's you know it disrupts the chemistry i don't think the hawks are are having fun playing basketball right oh, now they're I, playing because hey they make a ton of money and they got to get out there and play but i don't think they're
0: truly enjoying playing basketball right now as the atlanta hawks together they, as a they team. look like they they look like they were having fun when they were beating the hell out of the the suns but that that's few and far between you don't see i haven't yeah. seen that a lot this this season i can't wait to see tonight to see what happens but utah is a tough team but who knows who who really knows i just for my own personal sanity i hope nate was the problem i hope we get a new coach so we can find out because that i unless you want to completely disrupt literally everything um Otherwise, uh, if it's just a player situation, if it is, if Trey is the problem, how terrible is that for the Atlanta? Hawks? I,
1: I don't think Trey is the problem. I don't either. But I what think, I'm
0: saying if it if it's not the coach and it is him, if he's the one that is causing all this stuff, then like, man, that's gonna hurt. That's gonna stink. Yeah. No, I,
1: I don't think it is. and I know you don't either. I think it is Nate McMillan. I think the game has passed him by. I think he's very set in his ways of here's how I'm gonna coach my team and this is how I'm gonna coach my team, and he's unwilling to change. And I think in in today's NBA landscape, you gotta be a little bit like a chameleon. And you gotta be, you gotta change and, and adapt and adjust and, and I still do your strengths. Yeah. And I just still think he coaches the game in a in a way that's no longer uh, impactful. I just don't, like you were saying. He's got AJ Griffin and these young kids on the bench, and he doesn't like to play young players. Like, if you're up 41 points, shit, man, put the water boy in. There's I don't, no you know, reason. Get any the kids your... that mop up the sweat, throw them a jersey. Get in there, guys. We're up by 41. What's the worst we yeah, can do? You look
0: ever? at your depth chart, and person one through seven should not see the court again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I think, again, I think we need a younger just a younger coach uh, uh, you know who's come on more, back kenny who's more more willing to adapt to change and, and uh, this is the last thing i'm going to say because i think we're, we're running out of time but you know everybody was talking about how Stetson bennett's so old and oh he's playing against 19 year olds why don't they say that about nba players that are 32 and they're playing against 19 year olds because you only got to go to college for one season
0: yeah I aren't don't. they
1: saying about that the Le- lebron of course lebron's good at 38 he plays against children it's like it's like me going to this, you know, the playground at the middle school and dunking on everybody. Is that allowed? Why don't we hear all that? Why don't we hear that? Because it's true. If if age is really a factor, then all these guys that are in their late twenties and early thirties in the NBA that are dominating, it's because they're playing children. What's the average age of an NBA player these days? About twenty-two years old, I think. Yeah. Maybe even twenty-one. They're pretty young. So anyway, that's just a, a little aside. But hey, man. You know what? We're back. We got cool stuff going across the bottom of our screen. We're on Twitter at, at BelieveATL66. We have a Facebook page. It's called Believe in Atlanta Sports. Looks just like this here if you go look for it. Uh, you, you know, we're, we're getting a little more active on there. I've been uh, messing around on Twitter a lot lately because we haven't been on the air. But, hey, good news is we're back. Our YouTube channel's back, and we got to thank, uh, thank Jared for sitting with us on a Friday night Thanks, Jared. when he could be at home uh with the missus and the kids doing anything else other than this he'd probably just be hanging out with tim giving him a hard time uh i actually i think dear, tim is doing karaoke tonight in, in woodstock i think tim uh tim has a, a i guess an entertainment business or i guess it's all under one umbrella now but tim you know he has trivia and and this thing called dj or no uh dj bingo and and karaoke and all that fun stuff and uh but we really are appreciative of them jared took time out of his day to set up the third camera that we bought to make this thing even better and uh
0: if he can just teach me how not to stare at myself in hd i'd really (laughs) appreciate it because it is good looking guy over there
1: but i just want to remind everybody right here see it you see it right here we are back-to-back national champions for all of you watching if you're uh you know if in case you haven't noticed but you know given all the all the hoopla going on. Us Georgia fans have not shut up, and you're not going to shut us up
0: until it's zero, over. Zero years since our last national
1: championship. We're not going to shut up until uh, we see that uh, that that final four team playoff bracket come out. And if we're not in it, or if we go to Houston and we don't win it, then we'll be quiet. But until then, we have a uh, forty years plus years of a uh, built up frustration to get out. And and man, you guys see all you other fans out there, you fucked up. When You talked all that trash to us for all those decades of, of saying we weren't good enough, you know. We just kept nodding our heads and going, Well, we'll, we'll get there soon enough. It's a good 30 years and you, for you, those people pouring it on, and you kept pouring it on, and you kept holding us down. And and now, man, it's uh, man, we are we are we are allowed and out, as they say, uh, but. Man, we are glad to be back, and we hope you're still hanging out. We hope you're still watching. We hope you're still following along because, you know, things don't always happen like you want, but uh, we're back in the saddle, and we're going to be coming at you pretty soon with some live stuff. Going live. we got to figure out how you can call in and all that fun stuff. But until then, we will see you very, very soon. Have a great weekend, Atlanta. We love you. Come back and see us again.
0: Do you believe?